it's almost over. Sunday, the 2020 Summer Olympics comes to an end. Over the last few weeks, we've seen the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. And despite early fears, COVID did not shut down the games. Athletes prepare for years to run a race that may only last seconds, and then it's over, and then the process starts over again. More Olympics are coming this February with the Winter Games in China. But there's something we can trust in that will last forever. One day we will dwell with the Lord, and He will dwell with us. You and I will see the Holy City, the New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from the Lord, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. In Christ, we will receive blessings that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no human mind has conceived. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Welcome to Haven Today here on Friday. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, wrapping up a series called In His Image. Even as we pray for the Lord to come soon, we should also pray that His will be done even now that Christians would glorify God in all that we do, our thoughts and our actions. His grace and His Spirit gives us the power to do this once we are born again. Our first birth was to be born in sin, but our second birth was to be born into new life. New creatures in Christ with new desires to honor the Lord. We're going to look at these concepts found in God's Word in these next few minutes, and that's exactly what M.D. Perkins and his team did when they set out to make a documentary called In His Image. I really like how Scripture saturates this movie. Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my lips, you know it completely, O Lord. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God. Those are the opening moments from In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I think we all need to see this powerful documentary that's rooted in God's Word. Yes, it addresses the confusion that the fall has brought to this subject, but even more, it points to the hope we can all find in Jesus Christ no matter what kind of sin we're entangled in today. It's filled with Christ-exalting testimonies, as well as helpful and biblical teachers who will help us to better understand what it means to find your identity in Christ alone. Here's the number you can call after the program, 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or go to our website, Check out the movie trailer that we've put up, and then you can make your gift and ask for the double DVD at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Now, let's start the program. 
I really like the album that this song comes from. It's Chris Tomlin, and the album is called Holy Roar. Do you feel the world is broken? Do you feel the shadows deepen? But do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through?
Is He Worthy? A well-known song sung for us by Chris Tomlin, opening this haven today and a program called In His Image. I'm Charles Morris. Not all road trips are created equal. Now, maybe COVID has kept us from going on a lot of trips lately. But no matter whether your last highway adventure was good or bad, we all remember the question that every young child asks about 20 minutes, 10 minutes, 5 minutes into a journey. Are we there yet? Now, you might smile at this. We know that we can't just snap our fingers and get there. But then again, maybe you and I like to ask this question as well. We are Christians heading to the new heavens and the new earth. And are we there yet? Now, we've already been talking about how the Lord created everything. And specifically, we've talked about how he made humanity in his image and likeness. Adam and Eve fell into sin. And ever since they fell into sin, this image and likeness has been tarnished. If you think about Genesis 1 through 3, you see that the concept of the image of God doesn't just disappear. Now, we've talked about how the image is even present in the New Testament as we are remade in the image of Christ. But now that we know more about how we're made in God's image, I think it's time to talk about this childlike question. Are we there yet? Is this fallen planet the best we can hope for? Will you and I be tarnished, image bearers, reborn, yet struggling with sin for all eternity? Well, the Bible gives us a very clear answer. The answer out of the Bible is no. But what is our hope? How can we be sure? Because Christ prevailed where Adam failed. Now listen to the words from Hebrews 1.3. The Son, capital S, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. There you have it. Christ is the image of God. He is the one who obeyed perfectly, who is the ultimate prophet, priest, and king. Now think with me. Back there in the Garden of Eden, Adam was created. He was made good and righteous. And he was told by God to do certain things. Basically, he was told to work and keep the garden up, to rule the creation under Yahweh, and to expand and grow the Garden of Eden until it covered the whole planet. We know that Adam came crashing down from his lofty position. Perhaps the cynical side of us is not surprised. After all, you and I are used to politician after politician rising to power and influence only to fall into scandal. Is any ruler trustworthy? Can anyone make this world not just a better place, but the better place we've all been hoping for? Well, only Jesus Christ the righteous king can do that. Hebrews 1 telling us that Jesus sat down at God's right hand after making purification for sins. Why? What does that mean for us? He sat down for two reasons. First, the work was done. And then remember, he cried, it is finished on the cross. And he really meant it. 
Second, he didn't just sit down anywhere. He sat down on a throne, ruling over his kingdom. At that moment, he became everything that the first Adam was created to be, the perfect image-bearer, ruling over God's creation. And because Christ finished the work, we know that there will one day be a new creation, one that's even better than we can even dream of. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making all things new. That, I hope you realize, is coming straight out of Revelation chapter 21. Can I take a moment and be honest with you? Life can be hard. Sometimes you and I seem to reach the end of our rope. We're tired of fighting against sin, tired of suffering on this fallen planet. It seems like struggle and pain are all we ever know, doesn't it? But we desire something more. You and I and everyone else made in the image of God know that there is something terribly wrong here. This creation, although it is good, still good in many ways, is not our final home. In the words of C.S. Lewis, if I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world, a better world. That's what you and I are made for. Even before sin corrupted God's creation, this planet was never meant to be the final goal. There was always something better held out to humanity, something perfect, even everlasting, something like what we read about in Revelation chapter 22. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Just like Handel wrote, and we sing in the Messiah and recorded for us in Revelation. What we see here in the last chapter of all the Bible is the Garden of Eden, but even better. Humankind was created in the image and likeness of God. But our first parents fell away. They fell into sin. And that plunged us all into corruption. And even though the image still remained in us sinners, it was tarnished. I like that word that we've used already today. But Jesus Christ, God himself, 
came and took on flesh as the perfect image of God. Because of his work, we who believe in him are being remade into his image, and we are waiting for the new and better Eden. We will reign forever and ever as sinless image-bearers of God. The new earth is what Eden was always meant to be, and it will be fulfilled with perfected image-bearers like you and me. As we end a series on the image of God, I want you to listen to some of the final words of encouragement from the documentary that's called In His Image. He can take an excruciating, ignominious death of his son and make it the means by which he saves the entire world. Do you need any greater demonstration of his love? Because you have that great demonstration, you can give up having to control your own life and allow my son living in you through the Holy Spirit to be the primary controlling influence in your life. Because God is actually strong enough, wise enough, loving enough, and merciful enough to take that innate urge that we didn't ask to have and use it as a means of shaping Christ in us. If you are struggling with your sexuality and your gender identity, it is worth the struggle to do things God's way and to try and honor God in that. And yet all of Christian life is a struggle. Obeying God is a struggle. Holiness is a struggle. The fact that there's a struggle doesn't mean that you're on the wrong path. The fact that it's hard doesn't mean that you should give up. The fact that it doesn't feel right doesn't mean that you put your feelings above the Word of God and say, well, I'm going to go with my feelings instead of what God says. Because it's when we feel like we are at our wit's end and can't help ourselves, when we feel like we're at a loss for what to be able to do, that we become candidates for opening ourselves up to experience the power of God. In Revelation 22:17, there is the most beautiful invitation that you could ever hear. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. Only in Christ is there hope for fallen image bearers. This is the greatest story ever told. And it's all about Jesus. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save. Till on that cross, as Jesus died, 
played many times. We actually introduced it on Christian radio, Keith and Kristen Getty, in Christ alone. For the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about God's original design for people like you and me, how he made us in his image, both male and female, how his original creation was good, and then Adam and Eve sinned. Every human being since the fall has been greatly affected, born into sin. Our desires are for our own pleasure rather than God's glory. But that's why Jesus came, to change our desires, to remake us in his image so that we might live for God's glory. Those are just some of the issues that M.D. Perkins, one of the producers of the new documentary In His Image, wanted to help the church better understand. This documentary called In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality, explores this very serious topic compassionately, but also biblically, and looks deeply into what it means to be made in God's image. But even more, it points to the hope we can all find in Jesus Christ by telling the stories of those who were once controlled by their first birth desires but now are born again, living for God's glory. I know this double DVD set will help you better understand this topic. It'll even give you hope that the Lord is working to redeem many who are frightfully confused today, calling them to find their identity in Christ alone. Just like we heard Kristen Getty sing in that song by the Gettys. Call us right now, would you? Ask for the double DVD of In His Image. 
And for your gift to this listener-supported ministry, we'll send it out to you right away. The number you can call right now is 800-654-2836. 865-HAVEN. Or, as I said at the beginning of our time together, go to our website. Check out the long trailer that we've put up for In His Image. And then you can make your gift and ask for the double DVD at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me on this weekend as the Olympics close. Would you come back again next time? when again, we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Few things cause fear in our hearts like confrontation, whether a small squabble between co-workers or a large-scale war between nations, we'd just rather not participate or even be around when things come to a head. In Psalm 2, we read about the greatest confrontation of all, the Lord versus the rebellious kings of the earth. But does our God fret? Not even close. Verse 4 reads, The one enthroned in heaven laughs, the Lord scoffs at them. We are his people, we can take comfort in this fact. The one enthroned in heaven will not and cannot lose. We can flee to the refuge provided to us in Christ and know that our God will win the victory. Try our Anchor devotional today. Visit GetAnchor.com.